I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history. Not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. Well, we've entered that time of year when sunlight is hard to come by. Pretty much every November, my brain stops firing on all cylinders. Right about now, my mood begins to tank, and I feel a lot more tired. If, like me, you are prone to seasonal depression or perhaps the winter blues... This can be a tough time of year, but there are ways to deal with it and maybe even prevent some of the symptoms. So this week we are asking, how can I take care of my mental health through the dark months? Hi, Raymond. Welcome to The Dose. Hi, Brian. Pleasure to be here. It's good to to talk to you, too. Is this something that affects you? You know, I've just confessed that it affects me, but uh, does this in any way affect you? Well, actually, it's interesting that uh, I'm actually not very seasonal unlike many researchers uh, in the field. And so for me, you know, I prefer summer, but I don't really notice many changes in, in the wintertime. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I, well, unfortunately, I am seasonal. Um, and you treat people, you advise people who have uh, seasonal depression, seasonal defective disorder, which is, which is why we want to talk to you. But before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it, just ad lib. Sure. I'm uh, Dr. Raymond Lamb uh, from the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I'm a psychiatrist, and so I see patients with uh, primarily depression and uh, difficult-to-treat depression. And uh, I've been a researcher at the uh, University of British Columbia for uh, decades now, uh, studying uh, seasonal depression and light therapy, among other uh, topics in, in depression then you're just the right person uh, to speak to. So let's begin by by getting you to define what they mean by seasonal depression. Sure. Well, you know, people have heard the term SAD or seasonal affective disorder. And affective is just a psychiatric term for mood. Uh, so these are people who have uh, clinical depressions, but only during the wintertime. So they start getting depressed around this time, late fall, early winter. Uh, they're clinically depressed through the uh, winter months. And then by spring and summer, they are actually feeling better. And in the summertime, they're feeling well. So this is a pattern that uh, happens to them uh, regularly where they only have depressions uh, during the uh, winter. So we call it winter depression or uh, seasonal depression. There are other types of seasonal depressions. There's a summer depression, but they're much less common and uh, less well studied. So when we talk about seasonal depression, we usually talk about winter depression. So one of the things, Raymond, that people, you know, people like us love to do is, is name and rename and keep changing the names for disorders. So is seasonal depression and seasonal affective disorder, are they the same things? They, they are because we use the term depression, you know, many ways. But uh, I'm talking about a clinical depression. And so that's how, what we define as people who have signs and symptoms of depression to the point where it's really interfering with their functioning. And so this is a clinical uh, diagnosis. Uh, Seasonal depression is a subtype of major depressive disorder, which is the term we use for, um, you know, for clinical depression. And so these are serious conditions. 
But we also think about seasonality as a dimension or a, or, or a spectrum. And so it does um, go to you know, people like me who aren't particularly seasonal, don't notice many changes, to uh, people who have you know, what we call the winter blues, where they have a lot of the same symptoms of uh, winter depression, but not to the point where it's really interfering uh, significantly with their functioning. And some of those symptoms relate to you know, symptoms, not just low mood or feeling sad, but more physical symptoms like um, re reduced energy and fatigue, uh, increased need for sleep and having trouble getting up in the morning, increased appetite and weight gain uh, in the wintertime, which, you know, sound a lot like kind of hibernation type symptoms, but hibernation is actually a very complex condition in, uh, in animal behavior. And so it's not quite like that uh, biologically, but uh, certainly, um, you know, figuratively, it looks a lot like hibernation. Uh, are there biochemical similarities between hibernation and, and uh, the winter blues? No, unfortunately not. That's why I say it's not, not a particularly good biological parallel. Uh, but, uh, but uh, you know, people, people think of hibernation as that kind of a, a type of symptomatology where you want to sleep, uh, you want, you know, you, you need to eat um, and, uh, and gain weight. And, and you're very sluggish uh, during the, the wintertime. It kind of made me wonder if I should be seeking a den to kind of hang out in for several months. But uh, to do that, I'd have to sign off work. And yes. And unfortunately, people with, uh, with SAD, um, you know, they feel like if I could only get enough sleep, I'd feel better. But in fact, that's not, uh, that's not the, the case. They just feel more tired uh, the more sleep that they have. So what are the main symptoms of seasonal depression? You've started to mention them. You mentioned mood changes and also energy changes. But can you give us that, that longer list? Yes. So there are mood changes, the energy changes. There are, are um, the sleep changes uh, that I've mentioned uh, in terms of increased need for sleep. There's the appetite uh, changes, uh, carbohydrate craving, particularly uh, in the wintertime. And there are also uh, cognitive uh, changes. So uh, by that, I mean problems with concentration, uh, thinking, uh, memory, um, organization skills, things like that, that uh, really affect people uh, with depression. And then, you know, at the kind of uh, more serious end, very common in people with depression, uh, feelings of hopelessness, like life isn't worth living, even uh, suicidal thoughts um, can, uh, can be uh, present. And, and the symptoms for winter depression are a little different than other types of depression because, you know, non-seasonal depressions more commonly have insomnia rather than increased sleeping. And they typically have reduced appetite rather than increased appetite. Uh, so there are some differences um, between common symptoms of winter depression versus other non-seasonal depressions. You know, it's interesting, you know, I've, as I've said before on the dose, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a chronic insomniac and I have uh, trouble staying asleep. I tend to wake up several times in the middle of the night, particularly around 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. And I can't get back to sleep. And I've noticed that since it's gotten darker, I'm sleeping later. What do we know about the causes of seasonal depression? Obviously, exposure to light has something to do with it. Yes, and I think that's, um, you know, the key thing is that uh, what we understand about seasonal winter depression is that it is related to the changing levels of uh, daylight uh, that's available in the winter. You know, the days are shorter in the winter uh, compared to the summer. There's less light, particularly in the morning, uh, where it's important for our uh, seasonal rhythms. And so one of the major theories of seasonal depression is that it is a disturbance of the biological clock that's in the brain. Uh, 
because we know that light is the strongest synchronizer of that biological clock. Yep. And so sad may be like a form of jet lag where there's a disconnect between the internal clock and the external um, environment that uh, the changing levels of, of, of light from uh, summer to winter. Got it. There's all, there are also some theories that involve brain chemicals like serotonin. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, our studies and others have, have um, you know, shown that uh, there are disturbances in, in serotonin. Serotonin of all the neurotransmitters involved in mood is one that clearly has a seasonal pattern of metabolism so that we do get lowest levels of serotonin in the brain in the winter and spring, uh, early spring, and the highest levels in the summer and fall. And so it's a neurotransmitter of, of interest. And there is, are some studies showing that, you know, light may directly affect serotonin levels. But of course, everything in the brain is connected. And so there are also relationships between the biological clock and serotonin. And it's so it's, it's believed that the changes in exposure to ambient light would, would be responsible for the, uh, for the changes in serotonin levels that we see that are seasonal. Yes. Yes. That's one of the, uh, one of the theories. Okay. So the $64,000 question is, do people who, who live in equatorial zones, for instance, have, have uh, more stable levels of serotonin and, and, and are they less likely to have, to have a seasonal affective disorder compared to, to us who, you know, people like us who live in, in well into the Northern hemisphere? Yeah. So they don't show as much variation, uh, in terms of the serotonin, uh, levels, and uh, they certainly don't have uh, as much of the uh, winter depression. So, again, people have looked at all sorts of factors, you know, uh, temperature, uh, snowfall, amount of uh, cloud cover. And the only thing that is related to how prevalent that SAD is, is latitude. And so as you go farther north or farther south in the southern hemisphere, uh, you get uh, increasing rates of winter depression to about a maximum around, you know, 50 degrees uh, latitude. Okay. I know this is a kind of a, a, a kind of a, this results in a fairly rapid change all of a sudden. I'm, I'm talking about the change from, from daylight saving time to, to standard time. Does that play any role? Does that have any impact on uh, delaying the onset of, of seasonal disorders because it provides more light in the, uh, in the early hours of the morning? Yes. Well, as I said, in this theory, SAD is like a form of, of jet lag. So any change in terms of the clock time uh, will have effects on uh, on people with uh, winter depression. And the clock changes we know are, are, are bad anyway. We shouldn't be uh, switching our clocks uh, in the spring and, and the fall. But standard time is clearly better for people with uh, winter depression. And that's because the clock is more the natural rhythm of the uh, of the daylight and the uh, and the bright light and so it's a better synchronizer for people with um, for everyone but especially with people with winter depression we think it's the dawn signal yep. the early morning light that's most important for our circadian rhythms and uh, for people with sad and that's one reason why when we talk about treatment that we use bright light therapy in the morning uh, around 7 a.m when it's not ordinarily light out in the uh, in the winter Great. So you've led us into what, what I think everybody wants to know about, and that is treatment. So what are the best treatments for, for seasonal depression? Well, it's almost been 40 years now since uh, bright light therapy was first uh, described as uh, being effective for people with winter depression. And it made a lot of sense 
because um, you know it seems like they weren't getting enough light because of the shorter winter days. And by applying bright light, uh, they would get better. And uh, it's very clear now that uh, that bright light is an effective treatment for uh, people with winter depression. About 60 to 70 percent of people get a lot of relief from uh, using a, a light box or a light device for about 30 minutes a day in the uh, early morning time. And uh, it's a rapid uh, effect, so people notice the difference within a week or two. Unfortunately, when they stop using lights, they also notice the symptoms coming back in about a week or two. And so it isn't a one-off treatment. You have to continue using it on a daily basis. And people usually use it through the winter until the time their, their normal uh, spring and summer uh, improvement. And then they, they can stop using the lights in, in the summertime. Hi, I'm Paul Haverschrud, host of The Cost of Living. It's a show about money and how it shapes our lives. In big ways, like why inflation could get worse if we all make more money. Here's the hard truth in all of this. Workers are going to have to eat that real wage loss. And small ways, like what's the fastest way to order fast food? That first Big Mac that comes out of the kitchen is going to the drive-thru. Check out The Cost of Living. We're on CBC Listen or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, there are all kinds of different devices. What do you recommend? What are, what are the, the, the key ingredients of successful light therapy? Well, we think the key ingredient is, is really the intensity of light that we measure uh, with a measurement called LUX, L-U-X, a measure of, of illumination. And uh, we use 10,000 LUX. Uh, for the light boxes. And, and so then you only need 30 minutes of uh, light exposure. We understand the effect is through the eyes. So people have to be awake with their eyes open, but they don't have to be staring at the light uh, while they're using it. And so you can be reading or eating breakfast or looking at your screens uh, during that, that time, uh, but it's not through skin exposure. And so uh, ultraviolet wavelengths are not helpful for the antidepressant effect. And so most of the light devices have UV filters to block out harmful uh, ultraviolet uh, wavelengths. And just to illustrate what 10,000 lux is, for comparison, inside your living room at, at night when you have uh, living room lighting is less than 100 lux. A very bright office uh, is about 400, maybe 500 lux. Uh, but outdoors on a cloudy day in the wintertime is probably three to 5,000 lux. And outdoors on a sunny day in the winter is 50 to 100,000 lux or higher. So you can see that 10,000 lux is somewhere in between kind of um, outdoor light, bright outdoor light and indoor light. And you can't really get indoor light up to the 10,000 lux intensity without using a light device. Where do you get these devices? Well, they're available at uh, a lot of places now, which is great. They're widely available. You can buy them. Uh, many pharmacies carry them. Uh, Costco had some uh, light devices. Uh, you can order them online. Uh, our website, um, uh, ubcsad, all one word, .ca, has a lot of uh, recommendations. Um, we don't I have no disclosures, so <laughs> I have no financial relationships with any light products. Uh, but we do give uh, recommendations for um you know, how to get a light, uh, instructions for using it, uh, et cetera. I think the key, though, is that you have to be careful because the, the lux rating, the intensity rating, varies with the distance to the light source. So every light device 
has a distance where you have to sit in order to get that 10,000 lux. And the smaller the device, the closer it has to be to your eyes. So some of the small, cheap devices we don't recommend because you basically have to be four inches from your eyes, which is you know too close. And that's why we recommend some of the uh, larger ones that sit on your desktop, about the size of a TV monitor. There are side effects that you can experience with light therapy. Can you list some of those? There, there are some side effects, but they're generally mild. Uh, they're generally self-limited. They generally don't stop people from using the light, and they're less than with uh, medications. And so those side effects are actually similar to the uh, antidepressant medications. So, you know, sometimes people feel uh, a bit nauseous. Uh, there's a mild headache. There's uh, some uh, glare or eye strain uh, that might be involved. And uh, sometimes the uh, light, it has an energizing effect, uh, which is helpful for a lot of people because uh, they're, they're having trouble with energy. But, um, you know, for others, it, it's kind of activating, it's overactivating, makes them feel a bit agitated. And in that case, we usually suggest, um, you know, sitting a bit farther back from the light so that you get less intensity of the uh, light exposure. There's a small risk in uh, people who have a vulnerability to bipolar disorder that it could, again, that activating effect might make them uh, too energized and too speedy. And so that's uh, something to look out for for uh, people with bipolar conditions. Often when we think of uh, light and wintertime, we think about vitamin D. Is vitamin D a treatment for uh, seasonal depression? Well, people have looked a lot at uh, vitamin D. Some small studies suggested that vitamin D might be helpful for um, winter depression. But now we have some large studies, and it doesn't look like it really does much for depression. Now, vitamin D is low uh, in, the, in the winter in many people because, again, it's activated by ultraviolet rays. And so, um, you know, the, the light devices we use, you know, won't increase vitamin D um, and people can't get a tan, unfortunately, uh, while they're un under the lights. Maybe that's good. Tans mm -hmm. aren't good for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't recommend vitamin D for depression, but vitamin D is good for other things. And so I think, um, you know, vitamin D um, supplementation is usually a good idea for, for many people in, in the Northern Hemisphere. What about other, other kinds of therapies, uh, other kinds of treatments uh, that can help with uh, seasonal mood disorders? Well, one, one of the, I, you know, I won't say disappointing because it is a good treatment. One of the disappointing things about light therapy for us researchers is that we thought it was specific for uh, winter depression because uh, it made a lot of sense. But, but now our studies and, and many others have shown that light therapy is actually also effective for non-seasonal depression. And so uh, whatever time of the year that you use it, even in the summertime. And so um, it is one of those things that our treatments are not very specific for depression. And that's why other treatments for non-seasonal depression are actually helpful for winter depression as well. And that includes things like exercise, uh, includes uh, antidepressant medications, uh, particularly the um, serotonergic medications, SSRIs, and also psychotherapy, so that uh, cognitive behavior therapy we know is a very effective treatment for depression in general, and uh, it also seems to be helpful for people with winter depression. You mentioned cognitive behavior therapy, CBT. How does that work? What are you trying to accomplish with that? So cognitive behavior ther therapy looks at um, 
uh, dealing with some of the negative cognitions, the negative thinking patterns that people with uh, depression get into, um, you know, feeling that nothing's going well, looking at the, um, you know, the dark side of things, the, the negative side of things rather than positive, catastrophizing from, you know, small mistakes. And uh, by uh, identifying and using strategies to deal with those negative thoughts and behaviors, uh, people feel better uh, from their depression. So similar for, for winter depression, there are, there are a lot of kind of um, well, not uh, negative um, uh, thoughts about winter, right? People say, oh, I always get depressed in the winter. You know, I'm never going to you know, be able to do anything. I can't get up uh, you know, at all. And by kind of addressing some of those negative thoughts and looking at strategies like, you know, setting your bedroom lights on a timer so that you awaken into light rather than uh, into darkness, um, you know, can be very helpful in terms of um, getting past some of those negative cognitions and feeling better and doing better during the winter. You know, you've talked about some things that people can do on their own. At, at what point should they be seeking medical attention attention from their healthcare provider because because these symptoms are becoming more serious. Yeah. So I should have uh, mentioned as well while you're while we're talking about that that um, these these treatments are also helpful for people with winter blues. So the milder form of uh, of seasonality who don't necessarily have a clinical depression but who may have particularly the physical symptoms associated with sad. And so light therapy is very helpful for those people as well and something that we recommend that many people use uh, to ward off the uh, the winter blues, uh, but I think that uh, you know if you're having these um, symptoms again to the point where it's interfering with your functioning, where you're having trouble at work, where you're having trouble with your relationships, where you're not doing the things that you enjoy doing anymore, I think that's the time to um, you know get checked out. And uh, first step is usually with your with your family physician to uh, check and make sure there aren't uh, other things going on that might explain it, but also to, um, you know, look at uh, treatments for uh, winter depression, if that's the case. I guess the best news of all is that for most people, it will pass. Yes. And that's one of the things that's more, more hopeful in people with winter depression compared to other types of depression, because of course, with other types of depression, you never know how long it's going to last. And, uh, you know, maybe weeks and maybe months for, for some people years, but, for winter depression, they know that things are going to get better in the, uh, you know, by, by springtime. Uh, it's still obviously, um, you know, interfering a lot with their functioning during the time. Uh, but there isn't quite the same degree of, you know, kind of hopelessness that uh, is often apparent in, in people with non-seasonal depression. And that's a hopeful note uh, on which to end our conversation. Dr. Raymond Lamb, uh, thank you so much for uh, speaking with me on The Dose. Well, it's been great to be here. Thanks, Brian. Dr. Raymond Lamb is a professor of psychiatry at UBC and an expert and researcher in seasonal mood disorders. Here's your dose of smart advice. Shorter days and less sunlight can trigger feelings of sadness and other symptoms. While many people experience the winter blues, some may have seasonal affective disorder, which is a form of depression. The Canadian Psychological Association says roughly 15% of Canadians will have at least one mild episode of seasonal affective disorder in their lifetime, and 2 to 3% will have more severe episodes. Women are more likely to have seasonal affective disorder, as are younger people. The condition is common in people who live at latitudes where winter sun is scarce. Symptoms typically begin in late fall or early winter and lessen by spring and summer. 
Seasonal affective disorder is triggered by a decrease in early morning sunlight, which affects your biological clock, which in turn controls sleep-wake patterns. The lack of morning sunlight also affects the level of serotonin in the brain. The symptoms include irritability, low energy, and feeling tired or heavy much of the day. You may not feel rested even after sleeping all night. You may also crave dietary carbs and fats and be prone to weight gain. Exposure to natural light can be very helpful, especially within one hour of waking up. You can sit beside a window with open blinds. Better still, take frequent walks outside with proper UV protection. Artificial light therapy, where you sit in front of a special lamp or light box for 30 minutes a day, can be an effective way to improve symptoms. It's been shown to be particularly helpful when combined with antidepressants. For the treatment to be effective, you need a bright light source, meaning 10,000 lux. Potential side effects of light therapy, which tend to be mild, include eye strain, agitation, headaches, and nausea. Consult with your healthcare provider before purchasing a light box for home use. Vitamin D does not relieve the symptoms of seasonal depression, but has many other health benefits. Other things that help include regular exercise and a healthy diet. The most widely recommended psychotherapy for seasonal affective disorder is cognitive behavioral therapy, or CBT. Antidepressants may be prescribed when symptoms are more severe and more persistent. See your healthcare provider if your symptoms are affecting your relationships or your ability to function at work. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. If you like this episode, please give us a rating and review wherever you listen. This edition of The Dose was produced by Isabel Gallant. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your health care provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.